Hey y'all, I'm here about to do um, one of the first episodes for Love and Light, Life with Mike. And I thought I would shoot it live on Facebook. Um, and I'm recording it. I'm make sure it's recording right. And so it should be interesting. One of the things I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me turn that sound up. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Shit, that sounds. One of the things I want to talk about was how in this life that um, so many of us try to spend it proving that we don't need anyone. You know, trying to do this life thing on our own. I've lived 43 years and and I got to tell you, it's a ride. And um, you know what? It's one of those things where I realized life was never intended for us to live by ourselves. And I think it's foolish for us to continue to waste so much time trying to prove that we don't need anyone. And I think a lot of it, well, I know a lot of it comes from the disappointment of others, the expectations we give in others and they fall falling short. And it's not always necessarily, it's not relationships. You know, I know oftentimes it comes from, you know, your family or your mother, your father or, or a friend. And then a lot of times, you know, these same people letting you down over and over again and proving themselves not to be reliable and so oftentimes you get the attitude, you know what, I'm going to just do it myself. I don't need nobody. I'll take care of me. I got me. Now, if that doesn't happen, it's the fact that when maybe you have gotten help before and the very people that helped you, you know, they helped you. You know, a lot, oftentimes when we need help, we at our most vulnerable, you know. Uh, and so with that help, we require a little confidentiality, for lack of a better word, meaning you know, a lot of times if you have to ask for help, it's nothing you want the whole world knowing about. And so in a lot of in some cases that we've had people close to us that was near and dear family or, you know, or otherwise who who've helped us, but then use it as a weapon against us later for whatever reason. It could have been jealousy. It could have been you guys had a falling out. I mean, it's a it's a martyr reasons that that people turn around and use the help that they gave you or whatever shortcoming you have and they use it as ammunition against you. So I understand when you get to the place where you say, you know what, I got this, I'm going to do me, I'll take care of myself. And if I don't have it, I don't have it. If if I suffer, I suffer. And the Bible says pride comes before the fall because trust me, that isn't self-sufficiency telling you that. That's arrogance and pride. Uh, that's the attitude of I don't need anyone. And it's you're not designed. God never designed us to do this life thing solo dolo. I mean, it's not even realistic to do it by themselves. Even a car has different moving parts to help it get where it needs to go and, and help it operate. We as people in our culture and I understand it's just our culture. You know, I can't speak to everybody else, but I'm going to speak to our culture. A lot of that comes from, like I said, just a, a series of events from consistent disappointment of people. And then sometimes it isn't even a disappointment of people to disappointment in ourselves. We oftentimes put these expectations 
on other people uh, that they can themselves cannot fulfill. I mean, they might have been in their best interest and hard to do, but oftentimes they can't do it. And so we feel disappointed and let down. It's like, you see, I knew they were going to be able to do it and they left you hanging. And so it's like, I don't need anybody. I'm going to do it myself. And if I got it, I got it. I won't, I won't. And you suffer. And that attitude is perpetuated throughout our community. And, I've, and I'm and i 100% sure that's why we're not reaching out for our um, full potential in every area from family, from relationships, marriages and business and our economics, because we've become so self-sufficient that we become selfish and narcissistic. And because that's what happens oftentimes when you develop this attitude of, I don't need anybody and I don't want any help by default, you become narcissistic and narcissism in and of itself is very destructive because if you're selfish too long, even when you need help, you won't be able to get it because, you know, people say, hey, this person doesn't even reach down to help anybody but themselves. And even when they do help somebody, it's always always comes back to their self-interest. So I think that's a very dangerous attitude to have. And I think we need to get really get away from that and to to understand why it's not normal is to understand Genesis, to understand what God in the beginning and said in the Bible. He said it wasn't good for man to be alone. And I want you to think about that. Think about how heavy that is. Here it is, first man, Adam, with God. God created everything before he created man, right? And when he created Adam, remember the one, you know, he didn't create Eve till, till later on down the line, but Adam had a relationship with God. No, without sin, without issue, without, he was an absolute prefer- perfection not even knowing death or bad or evil. He had absolute perfection in his life. He had full dominion over everything. Remember, God gave Adam full dominion over every single thing. I'm not sure what Adam was doing or what he was missing, but clearly God said it's not good for man to be alone. And he created these things for Adam. But it still wasn't enough because God said that Adam needed a suitable helpmate. And when we think of helpmate now, we think like a worker or we, we make it seem like a subservient role not realizing that's a very important role. That's a person that that's an individual personal party that's necessary for the one that they help and others or otherwise they wouldn't be designed in the first place. So God created Eve from Adam. He could have very simply created Eve from anything. Remember he created things from the dust and the foul of the air. He could have did the same thing with Eve, but he, he brought Eve out of Adam and as a part of him, right? And he developed it. And the first thing Adam said is, it's good, right? Right away before she did anything, she was good. And so that let me know in and of itself that it was never designed for any of us to be alone. That self, the first man Adam did, right? This is a man without sin, without flaw, without issue, not knowing any problem, no stress, no issues at all. And he couldn't even do this thing by himself. Why do we think we have to do this life thing by ourselves? It is utter failure. I mean, even the moving parts of a body need each other. The fingers need each other. The eyes need each other. One without the other, you become handicapped. You become disabled in some ways. And so with that being said, it's like we have to get away from that culture of I don't need anybody but our, myself. And I really think the way, the way that we face that is the first thing we have to do is get rid of our pride, get rid of our disappointments, get rid of the idea of who failed us in the past or before because it's not healthy being alone. I've been, you know, and I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend relationships, even though that's going to play a major role as you get older, because naturally in a home, that's who you end up with your family. You know, then as you age, you end up with your spouse. You won't end up with your mother, your friends, but you'll end up more, more often than not with your spouse or the person that you're dealing with. But if you plan on having someone in your life other than you, 
even if you buy a dog, it's going to require you to get rid of that attitude of I don't need anyone because it's not healthy. You'll drive yourself absolutely insane and you'll start beginning to lack social skills and functioning skills. You won't be able to even function around people the right way. And you don't want to be that person. You want you don't want to become that person. You don't want to end up that person that's like 90 years old and nobody wants to be bothered with you and you just by yourself and you die alone because I believe it's miserable. Um, I've been, um, you know, I've been single in some times of my life and, you know, I've had everything I wanted, but you still have a sense of loneliness. You know, you can have that sense of loneliness when not having your kids around you. You can have that sense of loneliness, not by having your family. You can have that sense of loneliness, not because you miss someone is because you don't have someone. And that type of loneliness can lead to depression if you're not careful. In fact, one of the components of a depression, it can be loneliness and isolation, because if you think about a lot of people that lose a lot of family members throughout their lives, part of that depression isn't just missing them. It's that emptiness of them not being there because we all need people. That's why family is so important uh, in our community. You know, you hear people say family is everything. Family means everything. You know, you're nothing without family because that's that sense of identity. These are the people that make life worth living. Um, you know, I've lost pretty much a third of people that actually made life worth living. And when I say that, these are people that I want, I look forward to them seeing my accomplishments and them perishing for whatever reason, whether they were killed or just life circumstances. Even at this age of 43, having that many people gone has taken its toll on me. And it what has happened is, though, it has made me comfortable with isolation where a lot of times I don't want to be bothered, period. Right. But it's not it's not a healthy attitude to have, especially if you have children and grandchildren. Right. And it's not healthy if you continue you want to continue to build businesses and other relationships, and especially if you continue. You plan on living your rest of your life on this earth. You have to get out of that funk. One of the things that I think we can do by facing our loneliness or facing uh, uh, rather, should I say this idea of I don't need anyone is to kind of deal with whoever lets you down and disappoint you. And I know it's not it's usually more than one person. Right. It's usually a multitude of people. But if you pay close attention to each situation, each situation has a unique set of circumstances that cause those things to happen. And I think if we can learn to appreciate and evaluate those people in those circumstances and see them for what they are and what they were at that time and just either deal with it or shut it out. It won't hold you hostage in the future because you will damage newfound relationships that come forward because you'll meet people that say, I'm, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to do this thing by myself. I want to have a business partner. I want to have a, a friend. I want to have a relationship where we have a bond that we grow something together. And if you have this attitude of you don't want that, you in and of itself going to cause yourself to be isolated the rest of your life. You will run everything, everything and everybody away from you and you won't be able to build any business relationships for you'll end up undoing yourself. Right. And so one of the things you got to do is I think the first step is to face those people and those things that cause you to get where you are because those are usually a multitude of things that happen that got you where you are today right and then when you start digging even deeper into like relationships right relationships for most of us have been a ride if we ain't happy if you're not happily married or engaged right now in a relationship I would say right now I'm talking about realistically happening not just putting on airs because we on Facebook and 
steal pictures. If I done took some happy photos in my past and was going through hell, you would never know it. So I'm not talking about photos and pictures. I'm talking about a genuine Facebook. Social media doesn't exist. You're not trying to, you know, pontificate in front of anybody else. This is you're generally you guys are generally happy with each other and you build them forward. If you're not in that space, then there's some varying reasons that happen to your past relationships that got you where you are. And they can literally play a role into you having an attitude like I just don't want to be bothered. Right. And so how do we how do we deal with that? The first thing is you is you identify who wasn't when. And then you have to like get closure on those areas and you can't carry that stuff with you. Then you have to move forward and say, hey, even though that didn't work out for me, that situation failed. I still honest to God, I can't do this thing called life by myself. That's why even in, in the Bible, even in the Bible teaches us to not forsake ourselves, the assembly of others. You know how people say, I don't need to go to church. I can go to church in my own house. When you start down that path, you already creating that environment of isolation for yourself because you've gotten to the point where you don't even want to worship with other believers. And I've been in church a long time. And one thing I got to tell you, being around other people can strengthen you in places that you may be weak because I'm sure a lot of us can tell you we've all stumbled in church some days where we ain't had a strength to pray for ourselves and you needed those other people. So if you needed other people to pray for you, how do you think you're going to live by yourself? You know, you got Monday through Saturday. You might need somebody to confide in in relationship issues. You may need someone to talk to about this and that. You may need another human being just to talk to. My father, my dad is away. Um, and at one point he was in the uh, Supermax prison in Tams, Illinois, where it was a what they call a no human contact order where he couldn't touch another person. Everything was electronically and digitally controlled. It was absolutely insane uh, the way that they described it. I never wanted to see him like that. So I never went up to that place, but I read about how bad that prison was. And then when my younger brother, Michael, was murdered in 2009, um, the um, I think the chaplain, the prison chaplain or the counselor came by and they took my dad from the cell and took him to meet with the counselor. And she had the unfortunate responsibility to tell my father that his youngest son was killed. And uh, my father, you know, broke down and the lady hugged him. And for what my father explained, he said, I never knew how much I missed touching another human being until that lady hugged me. And that, you know, that was deep to me because just to touch another person and be isolated from that took a toll on him. And that's why isolation in prison is very dangerous. Some of the guys that's listening to this or going to hear it can tell you they've been in solitary confinement where another human being wasn't there in another voice. And it, it literally it was worse than being in prison itself. It was depressing. It was it was very stressful. It was unhappy for the person. And it'll do something to your psyche after a while. It's not healthy. And even my dad said in that prison, people start mutilating themselves just from not having another person to visibly contact to be isolated isolation face forces you a lot of times to deal with yourself and deal with the ugliness in you and sometimes the real ugliness that you don't want to face and then after that after you deal with yourself then there's no there's nobody to communicate with nobody to touch nobody to talk to and it's not healthy and these are people inside of prisons that are losing their mind about these other people locked in other situations where they can't get out and here we are and thinking you know i got my money I got my home. I got this and I got that. And I'm only telling this because I've said this. I've been at the top of my game sometimes. And was like, I was like, um, uh, what was it? Al Pacino and, you know, in uh, Scarface. I got, I don't need her. I don't need him. I don't need anybody. And it's the biggest lie I ever told myself. 
is I didn't need anybody because that's anger and emotional rejection you feel inside your body. And so what we do when we feel rejected or we feel ostracized or we feel alone, we become angry and we stick our chest out and we swallow our throat and we get, we you know, we put our shoulders back. We don't need anybody. I'm, I'm out here I'm like a pit bull by myself. And, and then we destroy everything that comes our way. And I think that's very dangerous. And I think our culture has to learn to deal with that because the separation that we have come, it literally starts with that idea. I don't need anybody. It's, and once you start that, you start the, the, that's the beginning stages of separation. That means I don't need anybody. I got my own thing. I got my own this. And I got my own that. Right. And so what that has done since the eighties to now is why you see a family holiday when it's 15, it's 15 different Christmas parties for one family. When 35 years ago, we was all in one house. Why? Because everybody got this idea of I'm doing my own thing. Now. I don't need nobody. I got my money. I got my thing. I got this. I got that. I got this. I don't need anybody. And I'm not just talking about relationships because oftentimes people get relationships and do just that. They isolate themselves. I got my man. I got my girl. I got a house. We got our kids, you know, and shut the whole world out. Still not healthy. Right. Because what ends up happening more often than not is when one of those components fail, then you run around looking for somebody to confide in and he don't exist because you shut everybody out. And now, and on top of that, once you shut everybody out, you your, your level of uh, distrust is high because you don't know anybody. You've shut yourself out to a what place where you don't trust anybody, right? So you stepped away from anybody. So now you don't even have anybody to confide with because you shut everybody out because you figure, hey, I just got me and mine and I'm good. And that attitude is something that I hear often more often than not in our community and it's literally destroying us because we're teaching our kids the vision because when they get older and get their families guess what they're going to do the, the, the brother going to go this way the sister going to go this way and the, you know the grandkids going to go that way you'll literally have a perpetuated state of isolation and before you know it families are destroyed right I know that person because I got family members. I remember how close we used to be 30 some years ago. I got family members now that through our own fault of our own. This is our doing. We have children in our family that are almost adults. They don't even know each other. We grew up like brothers and sisters and our kids are grown and don't even know each other. We've just separated this like that. Right. And, and it continues to perpetuate in my family. And if my family doing it, your family doing it, and the next family doing it, what do you think that's going to lead the black community? Right. It's a destructive behavior. Let's take away the family and emotional part. Let's back that thing up. Let's look at the business concept. You got 15 different people doing the same exact thing. And we're so arrogant and so selfish and we so don't need nobody that we don't even work together to build anything. So when you got 15 people doing the same damn thing within the same block, struggling to survive instead of us linking together and trying to help each other build up. Why? Because we're so damn selfish. We don't need nobody. And God forbid if we have to thank somebody for our success. That is a horrible attitude and horrible decision, this, this disposition to have. And it's being our, becoming our doing. And then we watch other cultures who work together and build together, like our brown brother parts. Those guys work together. They'll work together and get city contracts. They'll work together to do family business. They'll live together in the same house and save money. All of them make 80000 a year, but live in the same house and build up and build cultures. And then they'll get with a woman and marry that woman. And they'll take those kids and they'll buy a home and they'll continue to build. And, they, and they're continuing to grow. They're, they're taking our blueprint and running with it. Meanwhile, we got more stuff than ever. And we're a worst office ever as far as I'm concerned. As far as family orientation and far as morally, and even some of our work is declining. We got more TVs, more material. We are flashy. More flashy than I've ever seen it. But it has been our undoing because why? Because everybody like, I did this by myself. I don't need nobody. I got this. You got it until you don't. And then what? 
Because now, then, because here, here's I'm gonna blow your mind. Because when you get to the point where you don't have it, you have to swallow your pride to actually ask somebody for it. So instead of you swallowing your pride and having to ask somebody for it when you're on your ass, how about swallowing your pride when you own the bill with somebody else that when you ain't got to ever be in that situation in the first place? How about storing up stuff, right? And I'm not talking, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm looking in the mirror. I'm talking about all of us. We have to do better to get away from this attitude of isolation. It is not good for man to be alone. It's not just about relationships. It's about period. We talk black unity. We talk black power. We talk all this unity stuff. And then we go back to our own direction and won't even work together on the simplest things. We have to get away from that attitude. or it's going to hurt us in the long run. In fact, it's hurting us now. We got all this division happening right here and right now because we got this poor attitude and disposition on that right what we can do different is one get rid of pride bible says pride comes before the fall don't nobody know better than me about pride because i can have more I, can, I got enough pride to choke on but we have to get rid of it because I, i've learned if you learn to get rid of a of pride you'll open your heart and your mind to really open yourself to say i need help in this area can you help me in this area and be okay be okay with being humiliated being okay with being embarrassed being okay with somebody talking about you so what because listen that one person talked to you talk about you is two other people that's gonna help you get to where you need to go and you may help that person you they might help you monetarily but you might help them in another area of their life and then that's where growth starts growth starts with help growth don't start with isolation it starts with help and we have to be strong enough to say hey i need help you know what I mean? We're so proud. We won't even get no type of help. I'm talking about psychologically, mental health. We just don't want no help. We're going to do it ourselves because ain't nobody going to be talking about me. Guess what? They talk about you any damn way. So if you're going to talk about me, at least talk to me, talk about me while they, I'm getting some help from somebody. We can't worry about that stuff. Throw pride away. If you get rid of pride, you will seek help and you will seek help the right way. And I'm going to tell you, God will send the right people to look out for you. And all those people that try to use that stuff against you in the past, let them use it. I don't care. I mean, I've had situations in my life where I was really low financially and people were helping and laughing at the same time. Get your row out. I still got my help and I still end up growing and doing better than a lot of them. Right. And I didn't use that against them. I didn't, you know, use my power or anything to, to strike out against them. I just remember them. I identify who they are. And it's like, what did you expect them to do? They did exactly what they were designed to do. And so and so doing instead of me getting mad at them for being them, I accepted that fact of who they are. And I know not to be bothered with them in that way. That's called growth. And you just move on because to that one person that might have used and abused you, that's God got five people lined up willing to help you, willing to touch you. You just got to open your mouth and say, I need help. We got to open the mouth and say, I need help. We got to accept help. We got to accept help from each other and we got to rely on each other. We got to stop mistreating each other. There's no cool points to it, right? Because as you said, life is funky like that. You can be up on one day and off the next. You don't have to mistreat people like that. But what I'm saying is you, if you can help people or help get yourself help or help someone else, there's no downside to help. No matter if you're giving it or need it, there's no downside to it. The only time it's an issue is when you got pride. Right. And speaking of which, if you do help somebody, help somebody from your heart. Don't don't use that as a weapon to hurt people later. Right. You don't want to be that person that when you help somebody, just use it as a weapon. Yeah. See, they need me. See, I had, you know, I had to get old. See, I had to get the kids a coach. You know, they couldn't even buy kids no coach. I had to give my old kids coaching. I said, that, that's not cool. You know, if you're going to do that, 
Keep it. I don't even don't even want it. You don't want to be that person. You want to do the like the Bible says, what you do to for the least of them you do for me. If you don't give somebody something, do something for them and keep your mouth shut about it. Don't throw them in the face. If, if they, they if they forget to thank you later, if they they, they they don't mention later, that's okay. God gonna bless you regardless of that. So don't let that haunt you. You just keep doing right because that's what you're supposed to do. And you'll be better about yourself. You don't have to lower yourself for somebody else because they like that. So be a person that helps from a good place. Don't be that person that helps people just so you want to just tell everybody what you did for somebody else. Because like the Bible says, that little bragging thing you get, since, since, see, because God has something bigger for you for doing that silently. But you, since you want to brag about it, that little, that little, you know, that little pride thing you felt for telling everybody and that little pat on your back, everybody, that's all you're going to get. So it's like you got to ask yourself which one you want. You want that or God, you want that blessing God get because the blessing God might give you me a million dollars. That little pride thing you got, you're getting patted on the back by somebody with $10 in their pocket. You got to figure out what you want to do, right? And you'll be the person. I'm talking about the ones that, that give an arrogance. You undermine the efforts that us are trying to, that those of us who are trying to teach people to be comfortable asking for help. It's hard because people like you can undo what we're trying to do, right? The only way we can get people comfortable with asking for help is you stop making it so damn hard. Don't be that person. Don't be so arrogant about that, right? You want to be a person where you make it comfortable for people to reach out for you. And I'm telling you, it helps everybody. Everybody wins. There's no downside to it, right? And then in that attitude of disappearing, disappearing our children, right? And listen, my uncle Aaron, God rest his soul, I, I, I miss that man so much. He used to give me so much wisdom. But when we were all kids, me, like Quentin, Courtney, all of us, Juan, all of us when we were kids, and he'll give us money to go to a sale liquor store. We were little kids. And he would give us like $10, like y'all take this five, $10 or whatever and go to the store. And you know, as kids, we fighting over the money. I'm holding the $10. This man, he gave it to me first. He liked me more. And so this is what my uncle Aaron would do. And this is a true story. He would take that $10 bill, whatever that bill is, and he would rip it in half and get one kid to half the 10 and the other kid to half the 10. When you were a kid back in 84, 85, $10 was like $1,000, right? He would take that $10 bill, he would rip it in half, and he'd give one kid, you know, my cousin, the half to 10, I get the half to the 10. And what you do, you know, we, of course, we yelling, why you, it ain't gonna be no good. Why you tear it apart? You know what he, was, he told us? He said, now you need him and him need you. Neither one of you Negroes can cash that, spend that $10 without each other. Because, of course, now we got to go to the store together or be together for us to, to take that $10 bill together to actually work. And so what he was teaching us as, as children, as young people, is to be able to rely on each other and we need each other, that you ain't no better than me. He would tear it right down the middle, meaning you need me just as much as I need you. And that's what he taught us as young people. And here I am, you know, almost you know, what, 35 years later. And to this day, I'll do that with kids. If I see, like when my kids, I'll rip the money in half and give it to them or other kids, I'll rip it and give it to them and they will be upset, but I'll be trying to teach them to that you guys need each other. And with each, with each other, that bill means something. But without each other, you just got half of a dollar and it means nothing. Half of $10 means nothing. If you rip a $10 bill right now and give it to somebody and they walk down the street, they can do absolutely nothing. Find that other person with that other half of that $10 bill and put it together. They can spend it and feed a family. And that's the lesson that we have to learn in this life, that we cannot do this thing alone and be okay with that. There's no bad. It doesn't make you a punk. It doesn't make you weak or incompetent. It makes you realistic. And in fact, even if you can do it yourself, why do you want to? Doesn't make it a great idea just because you can do it, right? 
And that leads ourselves to the idea of relationships and marriage. Listen, and relationships rely on each other. You know, you guys don't have to be good at the same things. If you good at buying the groceries and you good at cooking it, good. You might be better at buying the groceries. You might be good at putting it up. Good. I might be better at managing money. You might be good at making it good. Teamwork makes the dream work. We don't both have to be good at the same damn thing. It almost defeats the whole purpose. Let's both get at right? As long as we bring those resources together under the same roof, under the same time, for the same motive and the same thing, and to bless the same household, there's no downside to it, right? Because pride, arrogance, and selfishness, and I don't need nobody, has no place in a relationship, marriage, friend, uh, family, friendship, or anything with two people together. I don't need nobody will murder that thing before it even gets started. You got to go into these situations saying, I need you. There's not a relationship I ever got in my life I ain't looked at her and said, I need you. Because if I didn't need you, I'd be by myself. If I'm too proud to go with a, be with a woman and tell her I don't need her, then don't be with her. Because don't nobody want to be with somebody when they feel like they ain't need What the hell am I here for? Even if you can do it by yourself, doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself. It doesn't mean you have to vocalize that. We get you can take care of yourself. Shit, clearly that's why we got here. But you don't have to vote, verbalize that. Get that attitude out of there. Get that pride out of there. Go into these situations with an open heart and mind and say, hey, look, I like you and I need you. There's nothing.